Good Nerv Shabbos. Here we go. Today's daf is daf Samaches, page 68 in the Heilige Meseches Kedushin. And we are up to Michti. All right, we're up to Michti, which is four lines from the top of Samaches Amad Aleph. Uh, the last word on the line. All right, so let's remind ourselves the sugya that we're going through. What are we, what are we hacking over here? What are, we, uh, what are we learning? So we're going through various sources to tell us whether or not Kedushin is typhus. Kedushin grabs hold with various prohibitions. And Rabbi Yaina on Samach Zayin Amad Beis taught us that the source, that if somebody is either in Isser Kares, that the Kedushin won't be typhus, won't grab hold, is... When it says in the Pesach, anybody who commits any one of the Arayas is going to have a of Kares, says Rabbi Yaina, we connect all of the Arayas to the case of Achaisisha. The same way by your wife's sister, Kedushin isn't typhus, Kedushin won't grab hold. So too by all Arayas, it will not grab hold. To which the Gemara says, well, is that true? What about, what about uh, Nida? We know Kedushin's typhus by Nida. So we brought a source that Nida is different. Okay, need is different. So now we're going to pick up with Mechti, and in classic Gemara fashion, the Gemara is ask a simple question, which is, you showed me that by most cases of Kares, Kedushin does not grab hold because it's like a wife's sister. But now you show me a case of Kares where Kedushin does grab hold like Nida. How do I know to compare all the other Kares cases to Achis Isha as opposed to comparing it to Nida? Okay, again, Nochamol. The Torah gives me two direct halachas. It says, by kares of achisisha, kedushin does not grab. Kedu, uh, by kares of nida, it does grab. And Rabbi Yaina says, oh, well, you find by achisisha, it's not valid. So all kares is valid. So let's compare all those other cases to nida and say it is valid. this over that. That's going to be the basic shaila. Shaila. Here we go. Says the Let's see. You can compare all the other cases to nida. You can compare it to achisisha. My achisisha. Why can bring it to Compare it to Nida and say that by Kares, it is it is a, a valid. The same way when a woman stands under the chuppah, it's a, when a woman stands under the chuppah, it's going to be uh, as a Nida. It's going to be kedushin will be typhus, will grab hold. So to over here should grab hold. Which the Gemara says kula v'chumra l'chumra makshinon. When the Gemara is basically saying you're right, you're right. We could compare it to Nida. We could compare it to achesisha. Whenever you're not sure which way to go, since we're done with a daraisa, a biblical transgression, we have to go the chomer dicker route and say we're going to compare it to achesisha, we're going to be strict uh, in this halacha. Rebbe Yaakov Amar, Rebbe Yaakov gives another source, another makar, telling me that if I have a prohibition uh, in, uh, in relations, Kedushin won't even grab hold. Again, you can make a chasna, you can stand under a chuppah, you can hire an officiating rabbi, it doesn't matter. You are not married. There's no such thing as marriage by a pro- prohibited marriage. So what's the source? By Kari. I'm learning it out of Kabachimer from the law of Yavama. Now what's the law of Yavama? Uma Yavama, just like by Yavama. Shehi Balav, which she's prohibited to somebody else with a lav. Light Tafsi Kedushin. Kedushin is not valid. Okay, if somebody were to walk over to Yavama, the, and, and have relations with her, L'shem Kedushim, for the purpose of marriage, it's a lav transgression, and it's not valid. You hear this? Even by a regular lav, Kedushin marriage won't grab hold. By a regular negative transgression. Chayav Mises, Chayav Mises, like Hoshkin. How much more so should it not take hold by a Chayav Mises or by a Chayav Kares? Logic. 
Yeah, it's kind of like a kavachaymer, right? It doesn't grab hold by a stam, uh, a stam lab. It shouldn't grab hold anywhere else. Says the Gemara, okay, very nice. Rabbi Yaakov, you want to use that as a source, but pause for a minute. This is going to open up a whole can of worms. You know why? Let's talk outside. Are we of the opinion that by a lav, kedushin doesn't work? Are we of that opinion? If, you, if the Torah says that it's prohibited to marry, you, you can't have relations with a woman if you're not married to her. Okay? Let's say you stam. You're having relations with a woman outside of, uh, uh, out of marriage. Yeah? So do we say that kedushin is not typhus? No, oh, Kedusha grabs hold to Stam, regular situation. So Gemara says, one second, well, hold on. We've been looking for a source that if the Arias is Kares, there's no marriage. And now you're bringing me a case where even if it's just a negative transgression, there's no marriage. This is opening up a whole new ball game. So ask the Gemara, Ihachi, Shar Lavenami. You're now bringing a source that anytime you have a, 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 a relation that the Torah is unhappy with, it's never, it, it should never be valid. Forget kares. You're now telling me that always it shouldn't be valid the same way as by Yavama. Very, uh, uh, a good question. Amar of Papa, and Papa says no. We know that can have a valid marriage. It says explicitly, it says when a man's got two wives, one is a beloved wife and one is a hated wife. Now let's think for a minute. Ask the Gemara, why is the Torah calling a beloved wife and a hated wife? Does the Torah get involved in Shalom bias? You say a man's got two wives and you want to divorce one wife. Why do you got to tell me one's beloved and one's hated? Stop. I don't, I don't hate her. It's just two women are too much. Who says I hate her? Why is the Torah writing, you have two wives, one's beloved, one's hated? The Torah doesn't get involved in the feelings of Shalom bias. It's an unnecessary. Says the Gemara, rather, Is the Torah getting involved in your Shalom bias and which one's uh, hated and which one's beloved? No. Rather, you know what it means? Says the Gemara, beautiful. You know what beloved means? It means Hashem loves your marriage. Hashem is happy that you're married to her. Snua. Hated Snua Binisuel. Hashem says, I hate the fact that you're married to her. Now, why would Hashem hate the fact you're married to a woman? You know why? Because it's an Avera. The Torah still says you're married. So it says the Gemara, I know from this verse, certainly you can have a valid marriage by a love. Or else you can't find the case of Snua. Again, fascinating, right? We read the Pasuk. Uh, one, he loves one, he hates one, get rid of the hated one. We read a portion. Says Gemara, th- th- that's unusual. It's unusual. All the Torah needs to say, you got two wives, one you don't want to be married to. Finito, give her a get. Ahuva and Snua. Says the Gemara, rather, it means that Hashem doesn't want you to be married to her. But is it valid? Yeah. There's a deep message here. There's an important message. You could, Hashem allows us to do things with validity, even though. He's unhappy with it. He says, you want to be stupid? Be stupid. He'll grow up one day. Fine. It's going to be. It's going to be. Sometimes it's too much. Shem puts his foot down. Kares? Uh-uh-uh. Chayev Misa's Bezdin? No, no, no. Nothing to talk about. Yeah? Doesn't matter. You can make a wedding, officiating rabbi. Doesn't matter. You can't marry your cat. It ain't working. There are some things that could work. Even though it's an Avera. And how do I know this? Ahuva and Sinuva. Okay?
All right. Ul Rebakiba says the so so one second before we get to the next. So let's let's take a, a, a broader view of the sugya. Right now, what we're coming out with is we have a source. Ravacha Yaakov is telling me that the source that Chayev Karis is not valid is from Yavama. Ask the the Gemara had asked, but Yavama is just a lav. Does that mean all lavin are invalid? No. The, by re, usual lavin, I know it is valid because the Torah says You can have a lav where it's a valid marriage, but Yavama is unique. Where it's a lav, the marriage is still not going to be valid, and I'm going to use that as a source that all kares isn't valid. Rebbe Kiva is very strict. Rebbe Kiva actually holds that by any negative transgression, kedushin does not grab hold, and the kids are actually mamzerim. So kisiyana b'may mukim. What does it mean kisiyana? See, according to Rabbi Akiva, it's impossible to say means Hashem's unhappy with your marriage. You know why? Because according to Rabbi Akiva, you wouldn't even be married. You hear? Yeah, it's good. Makes sense? I was, we're, we're darshaning, snua means Hashem hates your marriage. According to Rabbi Akiva, you're not even married. Anytime Hashem hates your marriage. So the Gemara says, no, Rabbi Akiva, you know, you know the case of it's Balmon of the Kain Gadol. Rabbi Kiva will agree when a widow marries a Kohen Gadol, that type of transgression will be valid. Why? In all forbidden relations, Rabbi Akiva holds the children will be Mamzerim. Except for a widow for a Kohen Gadol. Because the Torah says, that the Kohen Gadol should not make his offspring Chalalim. He shouldn't make them. Uh, mundane, which means if he gets married, the children are not going to be mamzerim; they'll just be halalim mamzerim. Okay, so the Torah is telling me specifically that a widow to a kohen gadol—that's the case. So, so now, listen to this. According to Rebbe let's go back to the Torah because Kishmak now the way when we come across these psukim, when it says a man's got two wives, says Rebbe Kiva, we're talking about a kohen gadol only. One of them is a widow. Sashem hates it. So who's going to be the first one to inherit him? The oldest of whichever uh, whichever one of his offspring is. All right? But going to Bekim, it's a very unique, it's a very uh, specified uh, situation. Okay. Here we go. Now that we've been bringing down all these things as sources for Kedushin not being Tofes by Kares, now we're going to shift a little bit and just get a little deeper into the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, who says in a very strict way, whenever I have a negative transgression, it's not valid. Okay? The Kedushin is not going to be Tophis. Kedushin cannot grab hold. Let's go. Zok to Gemara. Right smack dab in the middle of Samach HaSamad Aleph. Ulu Reb Yeshev of the Amar. And according to Yeshev, who says, Bovin is Avachal Akiva ben Yosef. Let's go fight against Akiva ben Yosef. Let's go scream in the base of Medrash. Show you, I'm married. Akiva ben Yosef would say, Koshein le Bibi Yisrael. Anytime you're not allowed to have a, a relations, have a lot of moms, kids, kids are moms are. Yeah, he says, Rabbi Akiva's dead wrong. It's not true, even by a lot of the kids of moms are. Honey, Chil Reb Yeshev. So this that we've been explaining all makes sense according to Rabbi Yeshev. Ila Fukim Reb Simai Kaasi. And if his statement is going into how Rav Simai understands Rabbi Akiva, again, which is, all Chayvei Lavin is not Typhus, with one exception. What did Rav Simai say? There's one exception to Rabbi Akiva's rule, which is, Amonatu Kohen Gadol. 
a widow to a coin gadol, even though Rabbi Kiva says everywhere it's not going to grab hold, there it will grab hold. Because the Torah calls you the children chalalim instead of mamzer. So Shapir, our, our whole approach over here makes a lot of sense and we're, we're in good shape. Ella, rather, if Rabbi Shevav is going according to Rabbi Kiva's own reasoning, and, and let's say we're not following Rabbi Simai, and we hold that according to Rabbi Akiva, any time it's a forbidden relation, the kid's going to be a mamzer, so now how are we going to explain Okay, so this, let, let's pause for a minute. This question of the Gemara is, not, is more of a question on the Pasuk than it is on a specific opinion. See, sometimes we're asking a question on the direct opinion of Rabbi Akiva. This question is not asking the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. We just want to know now. If you're going to tell me that, if you're going to understand Rabbi Akiva to hold, even on Manal Kohen Gadol is not valid, so how does Rabbi Akiva understand It's impossible to be a snua who's married. Hashem hates your marriage, then you're not married, according to Rabbi Akiva. So what's the case? So the Gemara responds, When you have a woman who's a ba'ula, we know a Kohen Gadol has to marry a virgin, he has to marry a basula, okay? But let's say he does marry a non-virgin. She's not no mana, she's just had relations prior. That's where Rabbi Kiva will agree it's valid. Says the Gemara, why? Okay, so now we're going to ask, why is a non-virgin to a Kohen Gadol different than a Almana? According to this opinion, right, according to Rav Simai, a woman's marriage is, uh, Almana's marriage is valid. According to Rav Yeshiva, it's not. So what's the case where you're going to have a Shnua? A Ba'ula to a Kohen Gadol. Says the Gemara, well, why would a Ba'ula be valid more than a Almana? Clear? Answers the Gemara, I'll tell you why. Because like this. The prohibition of a Kohen marrying a Ba'ula is not a direct negative instruction. See, it says like this. You ever heard the name of Azulai? Some people have a last name, Azulai. Okay? I don't know if it still holds true, but it used to be at least that the name Azulai gave off connotations of a Kohen in the Sephardic community. In the Ashkenazi community, there are certain names that you could assume the guy is a Kohen, the family is a Kohen. For example, if their name is Kohn, you could assume they're a Kohen. If their name is Khan, you could assume they're a Kohen. If their name is Katz, stands for Kohen Tzedek, you could assume they're a Kohen. Okay? Now, they might tell you otherwise. There was a, we had a guy in our community whose name was Khan, and he wasn't a Kayan, and Jonathan Spetner would call him Ain Khan Kayan. Yeah, that was, yeah, Khan's not a Kayan. That, uh, that was his name for him. In the Sephardic community, there's a name Azulai. Azulai is an acronym for Isha Zona Vechalala Lo Yikahu. It's reminding this family that you're limited in who you're allowed to marry. Okay? Uh, uh, a Kohen, a woman who has status of a Zona, who's had forbidden relations with somebody. The halala or a halala, she comes from, uh, she comes from, uh, let's say, a Kohen to a divorcee, like, oh, you can't marry. Okay. Now, along with those, along with that verse in the Psukim, so the Pasuk also says that a woman that's been taken to a man, he can't marry, which includes a widow. A Kohen cannot marry a widow. A regular Kohen may marry a widow. A Kohen cannot marry a widow. Okay. Now, who can a Kohen marry? So now the verse goes to a positive command and it says, 
V'hu isha bivsuleha yikach. Hangalo can only marry a virgin. It's an assay, a positive. You can marry a virgin. Now, in my brain, I understand that means you cannot marry a non-virgin. But the Torah doesn't say that. It says, take a basula. What about a baula? So, if he does marry a baula, let's say he has relations with a baula or marries her. Did he commit a negative transgression? No, the Torah doesn't say you can't marry a baula. He, he transgressed a positive commandment of a basula. That's what the Gemara is saying over here. Let's take this to our answer. The Gemara says, why would Rebbe Kiva say, if a Kohen Gadol marries a Baula, it's valid, even though Hashem hates it. But if he marries an Almana, it's not even valid. The answer is like this. An Almana, a widow to a Kohen Gadol, is a negative transgression. That's not valid. A Baula to a Kohen Gadol, you didn't, create, you didn't do a negative transgression. You just didn't fulfill your positive mitzvah of marrying a Basula, of marrying a virgin. And in such a case, it's less of a transgression, we'll call it. Hence, marriage can grab hold. Marriage will be typhus. And this is the difference between a ba'ula, uh, a ba'ula and amana. Before we go back, before we go further, I just want to mention something which is fascinating. It's just, again, there's a lot to say on this. It's an hour-long, it's an hour-long share, but I just want to pique our interest in this way as we, as we uh, go through Tyra. It's incredible how we have countless mitzvahs. Every day, all of us fulfill tens of thousands of mitzvahs. Just today, all of us learning here at Tzazamin, we've davened, we've learned, we've washed, Nagovasa, we've done so many things. We've done thousands of mitzvahs already. Do we have any idea which mitzvah is greater than the other? We have no clue. The Torah does not tell us. Rarely, Kibbut Ava'im, Shluach HaKain, it might give us a little glimpse. By Averis, it delineates everything. There's a chi of misa. There's a chi of kares. There's chi of bidei shemayim. There's a lav. There's an asay. There's a. It's very interesting to me. I'm not coming out with a specific message. There's a lot to be said about this. The chachamim are bothered with this. The Gemara describes uh, already, and you go into perkeiavus and a lot of the rishonim on that get into this. But it's just notice that when it comes to transgressions, we know what we're doing. It's delineated. There's levels. There's worse. There's better. By mitzvahs, Hashem doesn't want us. To know what's worse or better, or maybe there is no worse or better. You know, we find things are easier and harder. That's a mitzvah kala kabachamura. Some are easier and harder, but it's interesting. You don't find like you get X amount reward for this mitzvah. You don't find that. It's just an interesting thing. So I'm pointing it out over here because over here you have the Gemara is letting me know an amana to a kangadol is a much lighter transgress. Um, a to a kangadol is a lighter transgression than a amana. To a going gadol, and even a widow to a going gadol is a lighter transgression than a regular lav because it's unique only to him. It's not like a broader negative transgression. Okay, let's go back there. Let's go. Let's go. Says the Gemara, Verabanan, and according to the Rabbanan, Akdume la bechabe lavin. Instead, uh, instead of learning it out from Achasehuva uh, v'Achasnua. Why don't we say we're dealing with regular chayve lavin? Nukba bechavi say. Why don't we say that we're dealing with Achave Yasei. He says to Gemara, you just gave me such a great answer. Yeah, the difference between a ba'ula and everything else. Well, why didn't we say this before? Why don't we just use this as the answer? So the Gemara says, Haini Chave Yasei Where does this Chayv say this transgression of a positive commandment? Where do you see this in the Pasuk? Ishtei Amitzrius. What's going to be the case by a regular person? If they're both, uh, let's say, Egyptian converts, Shteyam Snuas. So then both are going to be snua. Hashem doesn't like their relationship. We learned in the past couple days 
a woman who converts to Judaism from Mitzrayim, when we had lineage of Mitzrayim. Nowadays we don't have it, as we explained. Since Sancheirev, these halachas don't apply. Since the world was all sent into exile, we don't really know who's who. But before that happened, I'm not allowed to marry a second generation Mitzri, only a third generation Mitzri. Let's say I marry two second generation Mitzris, okay? Two Mitzris. So, it, that can't be the case, because the case says Hashem loves one marriage and hates the other one. If I marry two Mitzris, Hashem hates both. If I marry a second generation Mitzri and a regular Jewish woman, um, so that's also not possible because it says when you marry two women it's putting them in the same category they have to come from the same place would it see would it say if this kayan has two wives no it's not necessary it would have said if somebody has two wives the Gemara is asking like this very you can call it Balabatish, but that's the best way to ask a question is in the most basic manner. Says the Gemara, I don't like that you're going to take this one Pasuk of Kisiyan Elish and tell me I'm dealing with one man in Klal Yisrael. Kohen Gadol. Because you know why? If I'm dealing with the Kohen Gadol, you know what the Gemara should have, you know what the Torah should have said in the Pasuk? When a Kohen takes two women, that's not what it says. This Pasuk applies to every Jewish male. So, Therefore, the Rabbanon say, nah. <laughs> they say, we're not going to darshan the Pasuk the way that you want to explain Lafi Rabbi Akiva. It's too far-fetched. Too far-fetched. We're not going to go, we're not going to take that route. Rabbi Akiva says the Gemara, okay. So now, if the Chum are going to say it's too far-fetched, the Gemara at this point wants to agree with that. And say, yeah, that's not a problem. Rabbi Akiva, in order to understand, Kisien Lishtei Nashim, Achasu Vachasnua, Right? And he has sons, and the one that's going to inherit him is the way. Parshas Kiseitze. What's Rabbi Kiva going to do with that? I mean, he, he is like muttering to figure this out. What's Rabbi Kiva going to respond to uh, to this problem? And for the Gemara, Yeah? You're right. Rabbi Kiva's stuck, but because he's stuck, he is understanding the Pusik in that fashion. There you go. Now, I want, to, I want to focus on this answer for a minute. This answer to me is precious. It's a precious answer. We, practically speaking, we do not rule like Rabbi Akiva. It's not Psach Halacha. Aruch, we don't rule like Rabbi Akiva. If a Kohen goes over to a divorcee and puts a ring on her finger, they are married. It's a valid marriage. And the children are not Mamzeri. The kid will be a Chalol. He's not going to have the status of a Kohen. He's not going to give him Ali and Shul. As a Kohen, but the marriage will be valid. We had a strong question, Rabbi Kiva. According to you, this whole parsha in the Torah is just referring to one guy? And the Gemara says, yeah, if I'm forced to say that, I'm going to say that. Here's what I find precious about this answer. This answer, to me, defines Yiddishkeit. Because you do not know that something is surely MS until you've ripped off any possibility that everything else is Shekhar. And Rebbe Kiva's pushed into a corner where he has a 1% chance of darshing the Pusik this way. Rebbe Kiva says, I still have 1% chance. And therefore, you don't know that you have the MS. 
It's shaykh, it's possible. Which means, Yiddishkeit, we're taught to ask. We're taught to ask. We teach our children to ask. Ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. And we grow in Emunah and we grow in Bitachin. But ultimately, it's the reason why we learn Gemara is to strip away all the Sheker. And if there's still a little bit of Sheker, you don't know for sure that everything else is Emes. The Torah is Emes. Maisha Emes. Vesirasa Emes. There's a Torah. I could just say candidly about myself. Those are the only things I know in the world to be absolutely true. I don't really know everything else is true. Uh, I could be... <laughs> I, I know there's a Baruch Hashem for a fact. There has to be. It's not possible. The Torah is history. It's impossible that you could get a nation to accept it with a public revelation to start it. I, it's an imp, to me, it's an impossibility. After those two pieces of information, we have to live our lives to the best of our ability and to live smart. As the Hilge Chafetz Chaim would say, Hashem does not want you to be from. Hashem wants you to be smart. Living smart means living from. Because you know there's a Torah. So you do what, what the Rabbi Shalom wants. But my goal is not to be religious. My goal is to follow the Torah. Yeah? You don't need to be from. You just need to be smart. So now go and be smart. You, have to, you, you do your best at it. Rabbi Kiva is letting me know. I have, I, you, you ha, Rabbi Kiva is saying to all of them, you haven't proven to me your MS. And therefore, I have a right to stand here in my corner. Don't pass like me. But I have a right to stand here in my corner and say, you still need to prove me wrong because you haven't done that yet. Okay. I, I, I find this to be very, uh, very enlightening. All right. Here we go. Says the Gemara Baiter, two dots. Back to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said, anytime Kedushin will not grab hold between a uh, man and a woman at all. So then the child is going to be like the mother. Okay, again, our mission was discussing yichus, right? When does a child follow the father? When does it follow the mother? So our mission has said, whenever you have a case where a woman cannot even be married, for example, a non-Jewish woman. If a Jewish man marries a non-Jewish woman, it's not a halachic marriage. It's not a halachic marriage. If a shivcha kananis, a non-Jewish maidservant, she can't marry a regular Jewish man. Kedushin won't work. So if she does have relations with a Jewish man, that child will follow her. All right. Shivcha kananis bin Allah. What's the source? Some Ravuna Amakrosh Wulachem Poyim Hachamar. Stay here. Im Hachamar. Stay here with the donkey. Okay. This is referring to but the Akeda when Avram and and uh, Yitzchak went up to Har Hamaria by the Akeda. He told Eliezer, who was from Canaan, to stay there im Achamar. Im means with, alongside. Am which means Am which is that the marriage of a uh, of the nations of Canaan is going to be considered the same as marrying an animal. Okay, now people will say, were well, you saying that they're, they're animals? Of course they're not animals. Okay, every human being is created by Selim Alekim. But it's to, the, it's to the same madrega of marriage. It's not just not a marriage. Ashkechan delay tafsi but Kedushin says, okay, we find that Kedushin marriage does not take hold by a land of Canaan, top of Ahmed Bez. But how do I know Vlada Kamais Manolim? Even if it's not a valid marriage, how do you know the child's going to follow the mom and not the dad? You know how I know? Because if you have a non-Jewish maidservant, the halacha is the master can have her mate with his Eved Ivri. Interesting halacha. You have a Jewish man who's an Eved Ivri. 
the master can have a mate to have children with his shifcha kenanis. At the end of six years, the Jewish Eved goes free. What happens with the kids? It says in the Pasuk, they stay with the mother. One second, if they're Jewish, they're not allowed to stay with the mother. This is a proof that the children follow the mother and not the father. They're not considered Jewish. Okay. It says the Gemara. Nachris um, min Fine. We now know that a shifcha kananis cannot have a valid marriage to a Jewish man. How do I know that a non-Jewish woman cannot have a valid marriage to a Jewish man? Answers the Gemara. You cannot make any marriages, which means there's no such thing as a marriage between a Jew and a non-Jew. Okay, says the fine. So now you brought me a source. Marriage doesn't grab hold. You could be partners, you could live together, you could respect each other. It's not called a kedushin. It's not called a marriage. But how do I know the children are like her? Maybe they should follow the father. I'd be Jewish. When your son turns away from me and serves idols, sons that come from a Jewish woman are called your sons. Sons that come from non-Jewish women are not called your sons, they're called her sons. Okay, so therefore a non-Jewish woman with a Jewish man, the children are not Jewish. Omar Ravina, Ravina says, we learn now from this, if you have a daughter who has a son from a non-Jewish man, so let's keep the simple, Jewish family, their daughter intermarries and has a child, this child from a non-Jewish father is a regular Jew. Not half Jewish, not a quarter Jewish, not an eighth Jewish, Jewish. Completely Jewish. Now, Ravina says that um, it's, called, it's called your son. But if, if, if it's your son, the, uh, we should learn from Ravina that if you have a, a, a non-Jewish man who has relations with a Jewish child, Havlad Mamzer, the kid is going to be a Mamzer. Why? Because our Mishnah said you always take on the stricter approach. You take on a more strict approach, whichever yichus is there, and therefore we should, um, we should. Uh, uh, this kid's coming from a forbidden relationship and cannot enter the general uh, shidduch pool. To which the Gemara says, "No, nihi de have Granted, you might say that this kid doesn't have the best yichus. He doesn't have, you know, his his comes from non-Jewish seed. We'll call it, but mamzer have posel mikri. We'll call this this child. Apostle, okay? Apostle means that he comes from a forbidden relationship. But being apostle does not exclude uh, this child from entering the regular, uh, the regular uh, shidduch pool. Okay. Hahu says the Gemara, this pasuk of Lysis Chasim Bam is said by the seven nations of Canaan. You, that it wouldn't be a valid marriage. Now, the seven nations of Canaan, we know, are treated differently than all the other nations, right? If you, this week's parsha. Where does the name Shivim Umais come from? You know where 70 nations come from? The whole world talks about it. 70 nations. You know where the 70 nations come from? Parak Yud and Parshas Nayach. This week's Parsha. If you just learn through the list, the entire list of 70 nations is there. It's all there. Okay? So, seven are from Canaan. There's another 63. The verse that there's no marriage with them is only by seven. How of the other 63 are not going to have uh, a marriage grab hold? 
Shar Umais Minalan, and the Gemara, Amar Kroa Ki Yasir Es Bencha. It says when your when your sons turn away, the Rabbis Kol Amisurim. Anybody who turns away from from Klal Yisrael and intermarries with anybody else in in Klal Yisrael, Kedushin marriage does not take hold. Tani Chol Rav Shimon the Darsh Daim the Kroa. According to Rav Shimon, it gives reasoning for the pasuk and says that whatever reason is there can help define what the halacha is. Beseder, you could tell me that the other nations are the same as the Kananim. It's got the same reason, yeah. That don't darshan time at the kra. So my time, but what's going to be the source that you can't marry the other sixty-three nations? You understand the question here? Yeah. Again, why can't I marry the seven nations of Canaan? Because they might turn away. Well, the other sixty-three can also turn away. So if you're going to, so if you take that approach, so I'll learn out from the seven nations, the other sixty-three. But if you take the approach that you don't look at the reasoning, and the Torah has told me explicitly in order for it to be a problem, so I need a source. Afterwards, you go and have and have a relations. This talking about the, the the men who go out to battle. They bring the non-Jewish woman back home. The afastayar ishi afastayar. Which means only after you bring her home could you have a valid marriage. Out before she, when when you're by the battlefield, marriage will not take hold. So you, that's going to be a source. The other nations, no such thing as a marriage. Okay, so now I know that marriage doesn't grab hold by a non-Jew. However, how do I know that if a Jewish man has relations with a non-Jewish woman, the child is from the other 63 nations, the child is like the mother, when you have to a man, and they have children from him. So what did we say? Whenever you're going to have a valid marriage, it's going to follow him. Whenever the conclusion is tofes, we follow Papa. Whenever the marriage will not grab hold, it's not considered like his children, it's going to be considered her children, and have her status, hence they are not Jewish. Ask the Gemara if that's the source, Shivcha Nami, why don't we use this as a source as well for a Shivcha Kananis and say, that the, that uh, by Shivcha Kananis, this is the source that the children follow her. We don't need our other one. In uh, a we could learn it out from here. Well, before we said, how do I know the children of a Shivcha aren't Jewish because they stay with the mother? And now I'm telling you a new source that the children of a Shivcha aren't Jewish because if they're not going to be Jewish by a regular non-Jewish woman, why would a Shivcha Kananis be any different? I'll tell you why. Because the following somebody says to his mate, somebody says to his shivcha kananis, Behold, I am freeing you, but not your children. Meaning, not you can always stop the current children, but can a master say to a shivcha kananis, I'm freeing you, but I want you to know, any future children that you have are going to be mine. Havlad kemaisa. The halacha is, we can wag our thumb and wag our hand at him and say, Nan and Akishkish, doesn't matter. She's free and you can't have her children. How do I know that? No, it is valid. She can't wag her finger at him. Because says, woman and her children belong to the master. My Tomuda, what do you see from here? How do you see this from the Pasuk? Rava says, because of the Rabbi Yisrael's original approach, who says that the uh, that uh, the uh, Rabbi is the first the first opinion who says that when you free a woman, the children are going to be like her. Hence, this pasuk is not redundant. Okay, we'll hold it here. We're up to the Mishnah Beshem. We'll pick up from here on Matzi Shabbos. Let's see. Shkia tonight is uh, Lichsin. Ken wedding is five fifty eight. So Shkia is six sixteen. 
which mean uh, 6.16. Yeah, okay, so tomorrow night, 72 is going to be a little bit before 7.30. Let's aim for Daf Yemi at 8 o'clock on Zoom. All right, we'll do 8 o'clock on Zoom uh, tomorrow night for Daf. I'll get in Shabbos, Chavra. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos.